One of the issues that all the major sporting organizations are dealing with right now, struggling with really, is gambling. And it's not a gambling issue with the fans gambling on games, which has always been an issue uh, since the beginning of time, but players themselves gambling on the games. It's, been, it's become so easy with the advent of technology and the apps that everyone's holding in their hands just to place a small wager on a game. And uh, it's been in the news a lot as players and others involved uh, have been caught. Now, most of the times they're caught gambling for their own team to win, which would present the following question. Like, which one is worse? Is it worse to be a player gambling on your own team to win or to be an ump or a referee gambling on the outcome of the game? Now, that question is really a no-brainer. There's no question. If a player gambles on his team to win, which, again, is most of the circumstances with a few notable exceptions, but mostly they're voting on their, they're gambling on their own team to win, you want the player trying their best anyway. So the fact that they gambled doesn't really change the way that they're going to approach the game necessarily. But if an ump or a ref whose entire being, whose essence and role is to be an arbiter of fairness and refereeing a game, if he's gambling on the game, now you've lost the entire integrity of what it is that we're trying to do. There's no question that's a far worse uh, obstruction of what, what we're trying to do uh, if the umper ref is the one caught gambling. So keep that in mind for a moment because it's an interesting thing. At the end of our, our partial, we read about the mitzvah, the requirement to have honest weights and measures. The Torah describes a prohibition that you shouldn't have in your pocket two sets of stones, an evan gedolah and an evan ketana, two different weights or two different weight, uh, scales that are not exactly accurate. As Rashi explains, if you were a seller and you're selling wheat or corn or grain, whatever the case may be, and you have a two pound weight, if you chip away at the weight so that it's not exactly two pounds, it's a little bit less because it's hollowed out or it's missing from the bottom. So then the customer, even though he's paying for two pounds, is actually walking away with a little bit less. So the Torah says, you're never allowed to do that. You have to have an Evan Shleim. It has to be complete and whole in order to be, to be doing so. So well, what about the following scenario? What if a person has such a weight and he knows that it's been chipped away? It's really only 1.8 pounds. He knows it. So whenever he uses it, so he adds extra produce, he adds extra grain to make sure that the customer is getting exactly what they're paying for. And in fact, because he's aware that the weight isn't exactly perfectly calibrated, he adds more so that every time he uses the two pound weight, he throws in enough to make sure that the customer is getting more than a two pound. Are you allowed to do that? So the Beno Yonah writes very clearly, absolutely not. It's absolutely forbidden to use a weight that's not calibrated correctly, even if every single time you're going to make sure the customer gets even more than what he's paying for. It is absolutely forbidden to use a weight that's not calibrated. The Vilna Gons is even further. What if a person has such a weight and as over time it, it wears off and so like old clothing. So instead of throwing it away, you just put it in the back of the closet. So the guy under his shelf, he has all the old weights that he used to use, and now he has a new weight that's perfectly calibrated. You're not even allowed to own it. You're not allowed to have in your house. You can't even own it. You can't have it. A Jew is not allowed to go anywhere near a weight or a measure that's not perfectly calibrated to be honest and erloch and yasher in everything that he does. You can't use it and then, and then give extra. You can't even own it. You can't have it.
Rashi, in fact, points out that these series of psukim come right before the psukim of Amalek, the attack of Amalek at the end of our parasha. And he points out, if you want to be sure what's going to bring about an attack from an Amalek, the guarantee is if a Jew is not careful with his weights and measure, if he's not honest and ehrlich with that, and he's skimming off of the top because his weights are not perfect, that's the quickest guarantee that you're going to have an attack from, from a Malik. Which, which raises in, in my mind the following question. At the end of the day, this guy, this store owner who's, who's doing this, we have a word for a person like that. He's a thief. This is another form of how to steal. So some guy walks in and takes a bike off somebody's porch, and this guy steals by not having honest weights and measures. Why do I have an entire series of psukim specific to this, and I have the, the strength, as Rashi says, which is going to bring about a mullet, and I can't even own it, and I can't, I can't even uh, you know, give extra to make sure. It's, 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 he's in every day, he's just a common form of a thief. What's so special about him? Morale points out, that this is actually a, a, a worse kind of thief. Because a thief comes, he takes something off of your porch. This thief has taken the weight whose very essence is to be the symbol of honesty. The weight and the measure, the scale represents to the buyer, I know that I'm getting what I'm paying for. When you corrupt the essence of what's supposed to be the symbol of honesty, then you're finished. A Malik is going to come and attack. A Jew's not allowed to go anywhere near that because the weight, the symbol, the, the, that, that stone is the essence of honesty. That's the umpire who's now betting on a game. If you can't rely on the umpire, then the game has no integrity. This is why we recoil as, a, as, a, as people, as human beings, when we find out that a judge was corrupt. A judge. Like the judge is the essence of maintaining law and order and fairness. When a judge is corrupt, it, it hits us deep and hard. And when, if the police are, are corrupt, we're, we rely on the, peace, on the police to maintain our safety. And, and this is why, of course, why the world loves when a Jew messes up and a Jew is splashed in the newspapers as not being honest, as stealing, as doing things which are inappropriate, because the world also intuits that, Jew, we are supposed to be the, the guidelines, the, the guides, the, the, the essence of morality and of ethics. We're that beacon of light. And when the Jew isn't honest... When a Jew isn't, is corrupt and doesn't do things the right way, it's that same recoiling. Like, now, well, you want me to be any, but like the Jew isn't doing that. We, we are that. We have to be that. We are the symbol of that which is. Therefore, the Torah is very strong with us not to have these two different types of ways. But here's a, the, the last comment that I, I find most um, powerful. What's the most common way that you would have a weight that's not calibrated correctly? Like how does... How does that happen? So in, in general, the way that that happens, the most common way that that would happen, of course, you can have an unscrupulous person who would actually and purposely chip away at the weight so that it's not calibrated. But the most common way that that would happen is over time. You use a weight over weeks, months, years. Over time, it will, it will chip away. It'll wear away. It won't be exactly calibrated correctly so that the store owner who's using it may not have purposely done that, but will now be found using a weight 
that he's not allowed to have and is not totally honest, which means what's the responsibility of the storekeeper who has his sets of weights and measures? His responsibility is to actively, proactively, make sure that it is accurate because it's the natural course that it will fall out of calibration. You have to put in energy to make sure it's calibrated. That thought is such a beautiful thought. That's Elul. That's the month of Elul. We, we live our lives, the whole year goes by, and over time, the way we want to calibrate our lives, the things we want to do, the amount we want to be davening and chesed and learning and the way that we speak, we, we set out Rosh Hashanah to do it, and then just over time, naturally, we just fall into bad patterns, things that are not as exactly calibrated as they would like to be. And Elul is the gift of the energy of, like, pay attention, Get ready. Don't just walk into Russia. It's less than three weeks from now. Don't just walk in. Be prepared. Think about, calibrate ourselves. Are we doing and living in the way that we want to be? Because we have to be that umpire and referee. We are the, the, the beacon of morality and ethics in the world. And we have to be an Evan Shlema. And that requires actively paying attention. Not just one time buying a good weight and then using it forever. It doesn't work that way. That's not how life goes. You have to always be looking to grow, looking to make sure that the things are the way that we want to be. And with that, we will enter Rosh Hashanah Mitz Hashem in the right way, as an Evan Shlema, as a way, the whole perfect and complete stone that we always need to be in every aspect of our lives.